a British TV podcast with Chrissy and Ryan. News, reviews, what's on TV this week, DVD releases, and special features all about British TV. Hello and welcome to the British TV podcast, show number 57. Should we have ketchup? I don't know. I'm Ryan in Seattle. I'm Chrissy in Seattle. How's it going, Chrissy? It's going well. How are you? Good. Enjoying this autumn weather, although we had record rain yesterday. Do we? Speaking of Heinz 57, of which you were just saying, do you remember the first product that the Heinz company came up with? It was a QI question way back, I think, in season one. No, I don't. It was horseradish. Hmm. What year was that? I don't know. Wow. But the 57 really just, they thought it sounded good. A good, it flowed, it made a good brand name. They didn't really pertain to exactly how many products they aimed to have or something like that. So how did that tie into the A series? I don't know, but I remember it was very early on, one of the first episodes I'd seen. So I'm going to guess it was an A. Okay. Advertising, maybe? Hmm, yeah. Could be. Well, Michael has put in the final word about TV licenses. He says, quote, you need to be covered by a valid TV license if you watch or record TV as it's being broadcast. This includes the use of devices such as a computer, laptop, mobile phone, or DVD video recorder. If you are re have receiving equipment, there's usually no excuse. Uh -huh. iPlayer can stream all main BBC channels except HD live and services such as TVCatchup.com stream all Freeview channels live. Wow. So a computer can now get you all main Freeview channels without receiving equipment, but you'll need a license as it's live. So iPlayer does work live. I didn't oh. know that you asked me that last week. I didn't know. Yep. So thanks, Michael, for clearing that up. And of course, now there is a dedicated BBC One HD channel. Up till now, they've had this kind of generic HD channel, and sometimes it would be BBC Two material, mm -hmm. sometimes it would be BBC One material that was delayed. They would put stuff on BBC Four, but now... BBC One has its own HD channel, which presumably every program on the BBC is now not an HD. Only took them a few years. There we go. Well, this week's show, we have reviews, news, what's on British TV this week, shows running in the United States, DVD releases, and a feature on Martin Clunes. Sorry to the four or five of you that were waiting for our profile of Thunderbirds creator Jerry Anderson, but the Blu-ray release of Space 1999 has been moved to December, so we decided to put off that feature until then. I know Joel will be disappointed. Sorry, Joel. Back in show 31, we did a feature about Britons working on American TV shows with American accents. We thought it might be nice to update this every once in a while, and we have a new one to add to the list. So, this week's British actor playing an American, Andrew Lincoln in The Walking Dead. Andrew Lincoln achieved fame on British TV for playing Egg on the cult drama series This Life alongside Jack Davenport. He then started the comedy drama series Teachers and also has been seen in movies like Love Actually. He was the guy who appeared at Keira Knightley's door with all the signs. Hmm. Now he's playing a southern sheriff in AMC's new zombie series, The Walking Dead. Apparently there is only one capable southern actor in the United States, lost Josh Holloway, and if he's not available, they hire a Brit. I'm looking at you, True Blood. Okay, it sounds like we're our Fox News trying to complain about immigrants taking our jobs! 
from Americans. But really, our underlying point, of course, is that British actors are the best actors in the world, and clearly, in many cases, Americans can't compete. So keep watching British TV and listening to our podcast so you will be able to recognize future stars of American TV shows because you might have seen them before, but sporting different accents. Yep, they all study accents in their, if you get into a highfalutin drama school, you, you have to study accents. Stephen Fry mentioned that on the, on the commentary of Bright Young Things, that both David Tennant and James McAvoy would speak in their Scottish accents and then could just become very posh in English at a drop of a hat, so... It was kind of fun. Reviews. Thorn Sleepyhead. In this three-part Sky One thriller based on the novels by Mark Billingham, David Morrissey plays, what else, an intense but haunted police detective chasing a serial killer. Someone is murdering young women, but it turns out his real aim is to put them in comas, unable to move their bodies. It all has to do with a case Thorne had solved years earlier, although it turns out the killer's convenient suicide hides a secret Thorne wants to keep buried. His only confidant is the gay forensic expert played by The Wire's Aidan Gillen. What's that? It's an ECG pad. So he's had her on a heart monitor. IV units, infusion pumps, cardiac monitors. This guy's got a regular ICU somewhere. Listen, you, you call me as soon as you've done the initial, yeah? Shouldn't I be calling Kevin? Well, he's the boss now, isn't he? I'll see you up there. What if he finds out? Look, I'm not talking about a poxy post-mortem. He's taking my Calvert files. He thinks it's a copycat, okay? He's wrong. Yeah, well, you just keep your head down. Because if this guy doesn't get you, chewing might. David Morrissey is without a doubt one of the most watchable actors working on television today. From holding on to state of play, even pretending to be the next Doctor in a Doctor Who Christmas special, he radiates utter believability when playing characters on the edge of breaking down. That great baritone voice just dominates every scene he's in. You never want to take your eyes off him. And yet, the most compelling character in Sleepyhead is the woman in the coma who can only communicate by blinking. We, the audience, only can hear her thoughts, and because of that, she becomes the most well-rounded and sympathetic person in the drama. Now, if you're picking up a negative vibe, it's because I've gotten to the point where I just want to stick every police drama into Room 101 and never see another. What about Sherlock or Luther? It's true. I've spent the past few weeks praising both Sherlock and Luther, but sometimes sacrifices have to be made when casting an entire TV genre into Room 101. I also tried to watch Whitechapel, an ITV police drama starring Rupert Penry Jones, as a police detective trying to solve a series of murders. And even the presence of comedy actors like Steve Pemberton and Peter Serafinowicz were enough to make me cry out, Enough of these types of shows! There's just too much murder on TV, far more than is justified by real life, and it's lazy TV making them just because they are popular and easily marketed. I think TV would be much improved with all of them put into Room 101 along with glossy floor reality shows like So You Think You Can Dance and X Factor. Well, now that I've alienated most of our listeners, what would you most like to see put in Room 101? Well, gosh, the only American show I do watch is So You Think You Can Dance, and now I'm starting it on the Canadian one, which is just finished, but I was taking a break because I had just finished watching the American one, so I'm going to start 
watching the last Canadian series. And I've even watched the, I watch the Australian finales too, but I don't generally watch the whole series. Australia, just because it has a smaller population, doesn't seem to have as ex wonderful dancers. You know, whoever wins is pretty good, but it's not as breathtaking every week seeing what they come up with. But Canada's most excellent in America. Room 101, I don't know. I don't watch as much telly as you, so... Not even television, just things in general. Oh, gosh. New software. New software <laughs> written and decided that it's ready to go by people who aren't going to be using it in a day-to-day -day basis with the general public on the phone. That sounds like a good one. I would put that in Room 101. I've been ranting all this week on Facebook about the election, about counting ballots. Mm-hmm. In Canada, they don't use electronic ballots. You have to go in, you check a box, and then they sit there at the writing, I think they call it up in, in Canada. Mm -hmm. They count each one, and within a few hours, they announce who the one, each uh, one, and then who the prime minister is going to be. Well, in our state, we have absentee balloting, which means you can vote any time before the election. You mail it in, it's all done with, I uh, call Scantron, you know, they mm -hmm. fill in little circle things. But it's all done in a central place. And if the election's close, it can take them weeks to do it. Right. I mean, back in the good old days, they would count your ballots at the precinct and then call on the results, and they would know who won. Well, I know that Christine O'Donnell lost by a landslide. They did announce that. Didn't we used to go into booths and poke a hole in the, Am I remembering properly? In this state, yes. We did yeah. have the, the hanging the chad ballots. We used mm -hmm. to use those. I definitely remember uh, uh, having those. But it's just the idea that, well, rather than having each precinct count them, which would only mean they'd only have to count a couple hundred votes, we'll have one central place doing it with computers. Yes, see, mm -hmm. computers are making our lives better. No, they're not. Someone has been sold a bill of goods here that, oh, this saves us money and all this. But I think it's a real problem when you don't know who's won. So that's my rant. News. HBO has picked up a new political series by Armando Iannucci called Veep. Inucci is a British satirist who has produced Steve Coogan's Alan Partridge shows, The Day-to-Day, -Day, and The Thick of It. Now he's going to do a show for the American cable giant about a female senator who becomes vice president of the United States. And hopefully it'll, be, it'll fare better than the Gina Davis vehicle a few years ago about a female president. And I'm sure with Inucci's sure touch and the usual high standard of shows on HBO, it should be worth watching. Oh, yeah. He's on one of the old um, Where's Elvis This Week episodes that are on my YouTube channel. Oh, you have? But, I was wondering if anyone yes. had actually posted those online. Yeah, because, I did. you know, John Stewart, Stewart, when kind of a career lull there, went to Britain and did a chat show right. for a while. It was after his syndicated show was canceled, but mm -hmm. before he got The Daily Show. And it was actually recorded in New York, and they only made five of them. Hmm. And so I have all five on the YouTube channel. And he'd have two Brits and two Yanks on, and they would discuss for half an hour topics of the day in front of a studio audience. He came out at one point, and he said, well, I know this is being shown in Britain, and most of you won't know who I am. Well, I'm just as obscure in this country, so don't worry about hmm. it, and then sat down. I remember that show. Yeah. So, yep, it's on. So if you want to see Armando, I forget... I think Arthur Smith was with him in that episode, and I forget who he was talking with. But Christopher Hitchens was in an episode, David Chappelle. So they had some good guests, Eddie Izzard, during his brief run. So they're all there. Well, links in our show notes, as yep. usual. Channel 4 announced some new comedy programs, including two in-betweeners specials, in addition to a movie coming out, and Noel Fielding Boopus. That's B-O-O-P-U-S. 
with the Mighty Boosh performer doing his own solo comedy show. Also, Chris Addison will be in Show and Tell with three up-and-coming comics. We'll each bring something to show each week. And Campus, about hijinks at fictional Kirk University. In addition to the in-betweeners, stars Simon Bird and Joe Thomas will do a pilot called Chickens, set in a sleepy English village during the First World War. They're trying to get out of being drafted. Other shows include Meet the Parents for E4 from the makers of Star Stories, in which boyfriends are confronted by prospective in-laws played by actors. And Pete vs. Life with Rafe Spall will return for a second season. And the British Comedy Awards will be moving to Channel 4 with host Jonathan Ross intact, and that will be broadcast in January of next year. Him and Her gets recommissioned for a second season. The Russell Tovey BBC3 comedy will be back for more episodes next year. And we reviewed him and her back in show 49 and did a feature on Russell Tovey back in show 42. Apparently him and her did very good ratings for BBC three. They figure with all the iPlayer views, it was up to getting 2 million people a week were watching it. So it's back. So mm-hmm. he's doing pretty well. What's on TV for the week of November 3rd to the 9th. Wednesday moving on continues its second season in a curious mid afternoon slot on BBC one each day this week. And Thursday's episode stars John Sim. What's that about, moving on? It's an anthology series by Jimmy McGovern. Oh. So it's one of those where it has different characters, and you sometimes see other characters in the other episodes, but it has a different cast pretty much every week, or every oh, episode. So Steve Coogan-ish, but it's a drama, I guess. Did you ever see his The Street? No. Okay, we're clocking off. It's that sort of similar format that he likes to do. Okay. Wallace and Gromit's World of Invention begins Wednesday on BBC One. It's a magazine-style program aimed at younger viewers using the famed inventor and dog as presenters linking each of the items. So, little claymation Wallace and Gromit. Yes. Thursday, River Cottage Every Day continues on Channel 4. Yeah, you mentioned you thought it was going on forever. There will be eight. So I think this is number seven. It is number seven. Nearly there. Carpool begins on Dave. Based on his web series, Red Dwarf's Robert Llewellyn goes for a drive and conducts interviews along the way. First up is Jason Manford and Rufus Hound. Have I Got News For You is on BBC One and has guest host Chris Addison and panelist James Blunt. It's followed by Martin Clunes in Reggie Perrin. We'll have a profile of Martin Clunes in a few minutes. Phone Shop has its final two episodes on E4. Celebrity Juice continues on ITV2. Nevermind the Buzzcocks is on BBC2 with guest host Jack D and panelist Jedward, Charlie Higson, Katie Brand, and singer Eliza Doodle. Russell Howard's Good News continues on BBC3. Friday. QI's on BBC1 with guest panelists Sandy Toxvig, Johnny Vegas, and the creator of QI, John Lloyd. Hmm, don't wonder if our guest dropped out at the last minute or something. I've been watching them fairly soon after they're on this year, and they had Giles Brandwith on again, and he is so funny. You're laughing at him a bit as well as with him, but I always like his episodes. They didn't have an extended one for uh, the most recent episode. QI is followed on BBC One by New Tricks. Paul O'Grady Live is on ITV One. The Stephen K. Amos Show continues on BBC Two. And the Graham Norton Show is on BBC One. Saturday, Walk on the Wild Side continues on BBC One. Harry Hill's TV Burp continues on ITV One. 
Merlin continues on BBC One. Sketch comedy humor with the Armstrong and Miller Show is on BBC One Saturday night. Sunday, Time Team continues on Channel 4. BBC Two has Stephen Fry's Great American Oil Slick, where he reports on the BP oil leak disaster from Louisiana. It's followed by James May's Man Lab. Downton Abbey finishes its highly rated run on ITV1 with an extended length episode. Thorn, Scaredy Cat, continues on Sky One. Monday, the Sarah Jane Adventures continues on CBBC with a two-part adventure, Lost in Time. It repeats Wednesday afternoon on BBC One. Oh, hey, Giles and Sue, Live the Good Life, begins on BBC Two. I was just thinking about them today. The Supersizers team of Giles Corrin and Sue Perkins celebrate the 35th anniversary of the Felicity Kendall Richard Breyer sitcom by trying self-sufficiency themselves, but using 1975 techniques. The Good Life, yeah, that's one of the early ones for me. I still love that show. That's what got me onto the British television kick very early. Good Neighbors, as is known to some yes. Americans. It's the final episode of the season on BBC One Spooks. The Trip with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon continues on BBC Two. Ask Rod Gilbert continues on BBC One. How Not to Live Your Life with Dan Clark begins its third season about the unemployed slacker on BBC Three. Tuesday, the Sarah Jane Adventures is on CBBC. Getting On is on BBC Four. Lip Service continues on BBC Three. Argumental continues on Dave. In the United States on BBC America. Wednesday, I Do Anything continues. Friday, a new episode of Law and Order UK. Saturday, The Graham Norton Show. Sunday, Luther with Idris Elba continues. And Top Gear is on Monday night. On Adult Swim this Friday night, there is the UK version of The Office. On PBS's Masterpiece Mystery, it's the third and final episode this season of Sherlock. The Great Game is written by Mark Gatiss, whom we profiled last week. Pay close attention throughout and be prepared for a mind-blowing finale. I expect Twitter to explode around (laughs) 10.30 Eastern Time on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. DVD releases. Agatha Christie's Marple, Geraldine McEwen's collection, contains 12 thrilling mysteries before her regeneration into the new Miss Marple. Julia McKenzie. Cadfile, the complete collection, starring Derek Jacoby as a crime-solving monk. Doctor Who, Revenge of the Cybermen, one of the earliest adventures with the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker. It's memorable for the line shouted out by the Doctor, Harry Sullivan is an imbecile. I don't know that the context of that at all, but... Harry almost blew up a bomb that oh. was attached to the doctor. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. It's one of the very first stories I ever saw. I was at a convention probably in the late 70s. And I remember that line and then reading in one of the books and like, oh, I've seen that one. Uh, doctor Who's Silver Nemesis, another Cyberman story is on DVD. This one with Sylvester McCoy from 1988. And he also battles Nazi wannabes in this one. Midsummer Murders, Village Case Files. 16 mysteries starring John Nettles that were previously released as sets 9 through 12. And Murderland, the complete series, an ITV detective series from 2009 starring Robbie Coltrane. 
Our feature this week is on actor Martin Clunes. Big-eared comic Martin Clunes rode to fame in the 1990s comedy Men Behaving Badly. In his early career, he was as equally likely to turn up in a sketch comedy show, typically with former co-star Harry Enfield, or a drama such as D-Mob, where he played a gay cabaret entertainer alongside Griffiths Jones. Now with two current hit series, Doc Martin and Reggie Perrin, he continues to be one of Britain's most popular TV personalities. His first TV appearance was as a young villain in a 1983 Doctor Who episode, Snake Dance. He played Lon, the spoiled son of the planet's leader, who was taken over by the mind-controlling Mara. I agree Amaral can be rather tried. On the whole, you know, I preferred his predecessor. Now, what was the man's name? Well, he was completely dotty, but much more fun. It's not just Ambril, Mother, it's all of it. The ceremony and everything, it's all such nonsense, isn't it? Is it? Of course it is. But all so long ago. The Mara was destroyed 500 years ago, and yet we're still celebrating it. Why? Oh, once every ten years. It occurs to me that the whole thing is kept going solely to remind the people here how much better life is under the rule of the Federation. And so it is. Is it? Oh, of course it is. Life under the Mara must have been gruesome in the extreme. I mean, look. Oh, it is grotesque. You ought to take more interest in our heritage. Why? Well, it's the root of our culture. The legend of the return. Although, now what was the man's name? Well, the director before Ambrose. He didn't think it was just a legend. He thought Amara really would return. Am I now supposed to take the ramblings of a madman seriously? No, he didn't ramble. The Amara was destroyed. Not banished to another dimension. It won't return in a dream or in any other form. If you say so. I think I just have. Clunes also was a regular in the 1980s sitcoms No Place Like Home and All at Number 20. Comedian Harry Enfield, whom he profiled back in show 11, became friends with Martin Clunes, who ended up appearing in Enfield's sketch comedy series. They also appeared together in Gone to the Dogs, a miniseries by Tony Grounds about dog racing. And Clunes also appeared in several of the Stephen Fry, Hugh Laurie, Jeeves and Wooster's episodes for ITV as... Cyril Barmy Fathering Gay Phipps. In 1992, Men Behaving Badly was created by Simon Nye, whom we talked about in show 32, as a vehicle for Harry Enfield. Enfield got his buddy Martin Clunes cast as flatmate Gary Strang opposite him. But something weird happened. The series on ITV was not considered successful, but the BBC decided to pick it up, but without Harry Enfield. Neil Morrissey was brought in instead, and the rest was comedy history. Lager, lager, lager. Vodka, lager, lager. Hey, I've got a surprise for you. <laughs> Don't tell me. You're half man, half cucumber. <laughs> no. You've invented a new sort of hair slide. No. I like surprises. Is it a uh, pet beaver? No. <laughs> anyway, you know what it is. You helped me make it. Oh, no. It's not something horrid, is it? Like a presentation set of your bodily fluids. No. I'll show it to you later. It'll cheer you up. Yeah. What's the matter with you, Dorothy? Isn't it blindingly obvious? I'm going out with Gary again. Well, you don't have to. I do. I've obviously been condemned to a lifetime of perpetual misery by the god of crap boyfriends. <laughs> 
Probably get Bill Wyman next. <laughs> or Mr Bean. No, oh, he's funny. <laughs> hey, you should be happy. I know girls who physically assault other women to go out with me. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's lovely going out with you again. It's just that... Uh, I don't know, I feel as if we've been here before. Like we're going round and round in circles, repeating the same old mistakes. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. You made your point. Shut up. <laughs> you see what I mean? I want to have a proper relationship, a relationship where, where we talk about things. Things other than what sort of knickers Betty Rubble wears in the Flintstones. Oh, yeah, I phoned this mate. Apparently, they're little furry ones. It's not important, Tony! Oh, look, love. Tonight is the start of a new phase in our relationship. We'll have a lovely meal. I know, I'm cooking it. <laughs> well, exactly. Each one of us brings our special strength to the relationship. So mine seems to be cooking. What's yours? I'll have a pint of lager, please. <laughs> Men Behaving Badly would run for seven seasons and a highly rated Christmas special in 1997. It made Martin Clunes a household name in Britain. Along the way, he made appearances in an episode of Chiller, Moving Story, and An Evening with Gary Lineker, alongside Paul Merton and his Men Behaving Badly co-star, Carolyn Quentin. In 1994, Clunes starred and directed a movie called Staggered, about a man hijacked on his stag night and deposited naked on a remote Scottish island. His journey back to make his wedding, the people he meets along the way, including a gothic but beautiful doctor and Griffith Jones as an S&M purveyor, and the conspiracy that becomes apparent to keep him from marrying the girl of his dreams form most of the plot. Now, interestingly, Clunes appeared in a 1993 production of Rick Mail Presents called Dancing Queen with the exact same premise. And in both stories, the man ends up in love with a different girl than he started with. One of the more strange parts Martin Clunes has had was being narrator for the children's puppet series Roger and the Rotten Trolls in 1996. In the late 1990s, as Men Behaving Badly was winding down, Clunes became the king of the TV movie in an attempt to broaden the public's perception of him as a serious actor and not be typecast. In 1998, he appeared in the TV adaptation of Tim Firth's stage play Neville's Island, where he played an executive who hasn't yet coped with the death of his wife. In Touch and Go, he starred as a husband who discovers the swinger scene. At first, his wife is dead set against it, while Clunes' character, not unlike Gary on Men Behaving Badly, is keen to get into it. Inevitably, the tables are turned, and he is the one who wants to put a stop to it when his wife seems to be enjoying it better than him. Oh, how ironic. In 1999, he directed and starred in the comedy TV movie Hunting Venus that reunited him with former co-star Neil Morrissey. It was about a one-hit wonder rock band from 1982, forced to reform by fanatical members of their former fan club. Of course, the band has spread to the four winds, including Morrissey as the lead singer who's had a sex change operation in the intervening years. Essentially, it's a road movie, but Clunes has a pretty good directorial touch, characters are ingratiating, and of course, there's a happy ending. In 2000, he starred in the TV movie Sex and Death for the BBC. It parodied the ever-accelerating depths of bad taste on TV in the Jerry Springer age. Clunes played Ben Black, the sadistic host of Sex and Death on a cable channel, delivering live humiliation to guests with boffo ratings. Carolyn Goodall played Black's producer ex-wife, who finally decides to leave him for the competition, namely Martin Jarvis as Neil Biddle, a you've-been-framed type host. The rivalry between Ben and Neil escalates with each trying to top each other in gotcha-type setups. Of course, outside of TV, Ben is a friendless loner who can't get a girl and had 
It's a problem sleeping at night. Here he is having dinner with his ex-wife after having been dumped by his latest girlfriend. So, what did you and your leggy 19-year-old supermodel who chucked you talk about? Um, vegetables. She wasn't just a vegetarian, she was actively interested in vegetables. She could bang on for hours about a parsnip. And she talked a lot about how her father beat her up. Oh, I wouldn't have liked that. How do you mean? You hate it when anyone's had a more tragic childhood than you. I don't know that a relatively brief spell of parental abuse is worse than being brought up in a children's home. See? No one loved me. They beat me over the head with frying pans. I had to eat boiled rats. Poor little orphan burn. Hmm. I love it when you say that. So, were you really nuts about her? <laughs> yeah. In a shallow sort of way. Well, given she's dropped her gorgeous and his tits like the Twin Towers of Wembley, I'd have thought shallow was fine. Actually, I'm amazed how fine I am about it. I mean, obviously you and me hate each other and everything, but after you, everyone else seems a bit tame. I know. I think you and me were one of God's cruel little jokes. In 2000, Martin Clune starred in Dirty Tricks, a two-part ITV adaptation of a novel about a middle-brow English-language teacher who tries to move up the ladder of social respectability by romancing the wife of a friend of his boss. Clunes narrated the story in flashback and with tongue-in-cheek told us the tale of how he ended up on the run from the police and accused of a double murder. James Bolam turns up in part two as a detective who wasn't exactly hot on his trail, while Lindsay Duncan played a cool blonde he can't quite impress. Much of the subtext in Dirty Tricks had to do with class distinctions with a dash of the American's perspective, but Clunes kept the whole enterprise from getting too heavy. In 2002, Martin Clunes played the title character in a remake of Goodbye Mr. Chips, as well as the 1940s serial killer John Haig in A is for Acid. At the time, ITV was doing a series of great British serial killers, with different TV stars getting to play notorious diabolical villains. In 2003, Clunes starred in the romantic drama series William & Mary alongside Julie Graham, whom we profiled in show 16. Clunes played William, a serious undertaker who falls in love with Graham's midwife character, and it ran for three seasons on ITV. Clunes also took time out in 2003 to appear in the TV movie The Booze Cruise, about a group of neighbors who head to France to pick up cheap booze. In 2004, Simon Nye wrote Beauty as part of an ITV strand called Trapped. Martin Clunes starred as a hideous aristocrat who attracts the attention of a cute plumber. That same year, Clunes began starring as Dr. Martin Ellingham in the highly popular ITV comedy drama series Doc Martin. He plays a posh London surgeon who, for reasons we later learn, moves to a small Cornish town to be the local physician. Of course, in this fish-out-of-water ITV drama, he has to get used to the locals' unusual ways and perhaps relax a bit instead of being so uptight. He could take off his tie and suit once in a while for a start. Some characters, like Catherine Parkinson's incompetent receptionist, were deliberately annoying, but Clune's barely controlled rage is what makes it work without too much schmaltz. And here's an example of his typical grumpy bedside manner. How often have you had blood vision? Well, it's only happened once in the shower, but I noticed a tingling in my hands the other day. A tingling. Both hands or just one? Both. Definitely both. I think I know what's wrong with me. What? I think it's the beginning of multiple sclerosis. Mm. Don't tell me you looked that up on the internet. 
Well, yes, I did, actually. A tingling sensation in one hand could be taken as a symptom, not both. Your optic discs would be pale if you had MS. Yours aren't. You're certain? I could check it on the internet, if you like. But my symptoms... Are the onset of middle age. Oh, my God, that's... You have no idea how scared I've been. I mean, I've only just got my life back after Stephen left, and then well, this happened. But if you're certain everything's okay, then... Well, thank you, Doctor. Yes. Now, if you don't mind, I have patients who might actually be ill. Right. Oh, Princess Tinkle. Hello. Hey, baby. Say hello to the doctor. This is Princess Tinkle. She's a show dog. Not in my surgery, thank you. Dogs are full of disease. Oh, come on, baby. Um, I don't suppose I could repay you by buying you lunch, could I? No. Oh, well, if you change your mind, you know where to find me. The Wilson Hotel. Carrie Wilson, the Wilson Hotel. The character of Doc Martin was originally called Martin Bamford when Clunes played him in the movie Saving Grace and two TV movies prior to the series being commissioned. But ITV wanted something more edgy, so the character's name and backstory was changed. And it's been announced that a fifth season of Doc Martin will be shot in 2011. In 2008, Martin Clunes starred in the TV movie The Man Who Lost His Head, a rather predictable but harmless comedy set in New Zealand. He played a curator from the British Museum who was sent to a New Zealand tribe who wants their village relic returned, but he's under orders to find them unsuitable to properly care for it. Will he go native? Is there a cute local girl for him to fall in love with? Have you guessed the ending yet? In 2009, Clune starred in the Simon Nye written remake of Reggie Perrin. You might remember the classic 1970s Leonard Rossiter sitcom about an unhappy corporate executive written by David Nobbs. Alas, political correctness in the 21st century doesn't allow modern-day Reggie to now imagine a hippopotamus whenever he sees his mother-in-law now. Instead, a demolition ball smashes her off the sofa. It took an entire season of the new Reggie parent to get to that iconic scene of Reggie shedding the clothes and trappings of his life to walk naked into the ocean to be reborn. The second season picks up with Reggie unemployed, but he soon lands back at the Groom Tech corporate rat race. Hello, Jasmine. Yes, have a seat. Uh, Jasmine, there's an awkwardness between us because we almost had an affair. Yes. Yes, and I'm, I'm banishing awkwardness from my life because it's awkward. How are you going to do that? By talking in this highly unconvincing, upbeat way and occasionally popping out a strained laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine, you are beauty in humanoid form, but my marriage is like an aircraft's black box. It's mysterious, but completely indestructible. Do you have a boyfriend at the moment? No, still looking. Oh, what about a hug? Just to wish you well in your quest? Uh, better not. Well done. That was a trick question. So, um... Bye, Reggie. All the best. Which takes us up to date on the career of Martin Clunes. He's all over TV at the moment, and Doc Martin can be seen on some PBS stations as well. I like his hosting of Have I Got News For You. Back when Paul Martin took the season off, he and Neil Morrissey got to do some guest leading the his side of the panel and in the I have the box set of the have I got news for you the first 12 years that they put out and there's actually commentary on it by Paul and Ian wow. and they were saying well the funny thing is that when Martin started doing the show occasionally he had this sort of um, rowdy lad 
persona from Men Behaving Badly, but actually he's extremely bright, very well read, way up on current events. So it was a good fit for him to do the show. And he kind of surprised people with how much he knew. But now, of course, he's sort of an elder statesman type, so he's no longer surprising. But I like that. Loved Hunting Venus. That's a, that's a fun, fun show. And he and Neil did a Men Down Under. I've only have two of the three parts, but they went all through Australia and visited different manly things. It was a documentary series. It was a documentary. There was sort of a new age group of men that did these male bonding rituals in a teepee with burning sage and the women would come to put their female energy and dance around and then leave. And they did that and thought it was, and they hung out with men who rebuild classic Australian muscle cars and went to a gay pride parade. And they just met with a whole lot of different British, I mean, Australian men doing Australian manly things and reported back on it. And that was very good. Yeah, Martin Clunes had a good turn on What I Lied to You this uh, year. I thought he was very funny. Well, next week, Bill Bailey. Hey! He's not just a stand-up comedian and panel show guest. Bill Bailey is also an accomplished musician and an expert on music. With perfect pitch. We'll talk about that. Yes, in show 58. And rumor has it he's buddies with Simon Pegg. <laughs> More than a rumor, I do believe. I think everybody knows Simon Pegg, though. He's... But they've worked I, together quite a few times. Yes, they have. Well, we'd like you to go visit our website, which is www.britishtvpodcast.com. There you can find headlines, links to show notes, what's on TV this week, and an archive of our previous 56 shows. And we'd like you to follow our Twitter feed, which is Brit TV Podcast. How many clever things can we throw out in 140 characters? It's harder than you think. And if you have any feedback for us, send it to feedback at britishtvpodcast.com. Sounds good. We'll be back and we'll talk about Bill. Okay. Well, have a good week and keep watching TV. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.